friends, welcome to the Citywide Special. It's Trevor, it's Avery, it's Pat. The Eagles have signed their man. The long-awaited Jalen Hurts contract extension has finally been announced. The five-year, $255 million deal makes Hurts the highest-paid player in the NFL for the time being. The Birds stay busy today with the depth signing of wide receiver Olamide Zacchaeus. The NFL draft is now just one week away. The Sixers follow up a decisive Game 1 victory with an ugly Game 2 win over the Brooklyn Nets. Can they wrap up the series in Brooklyn with a clean sweep, or are we in for another needlessly protracted Round 1 as per usual? And the Phillies continue to confound us with inconsistent play. Is it too early to draw conclusions, or is there legitimate cause for concern? All that and more coming up right now. How's it going, fellas? Going pretty good. I'm I'm jazzed up. I'm very excited. The city seems alive with sports. It's that time of year. We got Phillies in full swing. We got basketball playoffs. And we got more and more exciting Eagles news. So I'm I'm in a great mood. Yeah, I would echo that sentiment here. It's been uh it's been an exciting couple of weeks. NBA playoffs have started. Baseball season, while the Phillies certainly haven't begun the way that we would have liked, the, the season's young. We're about 10% into the season, so plenty of time to make that up. Then, of course, the Sixers, they've looked great. Not so great, but they're up 2-0. So, uh, all in all, it's been a good week. Weather's starting to warm up. It's been borderline hot at times, but uh, I'll take it. Spring's here, and it'll probably be summer in like two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we can start off with our Sixers playoffs. Um, game one, pretty much how you'd expect them to look against the Brooklyn Nets. They're clearly uh, class above. Uh, won that game by about 20 points. Uh, shooting was really fucking good. Everyone's hitting threes. James Harden comes out with seven threes. Couldn't make a two in that game, but gave, <laughs> gave us seven threes. Um yeah, I mean, uh, game one, you're feeling pretty good. Game two, pretty underwhelming. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, concerns after that game? Uh, I would say the biggest concern, um, you kind of alluded to, is game one performance being heavy with threes, but not much else. James Harden, uh, I think, through the first couple games of this series, I haven't really been wowed by his play. And I would say game two was a borderline disaster. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, we should beat the Nets. Should not be difficult. I think I had previously said Sixers and Six. They should sweep this team. But the larger concern is just what does James Harden look like against a better team? I still feel good about my my hedge in the beginning with them sweeping the sweeping the Nets. But, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the most exciting part really of that game, too, is the fact that we were just there in person. So that was fun to get in there and feel that playoff Sixers environment. But the first half was ugly it was not great I mean just inconsistencies across the board not only Harden but even Maxi Tobias in the first little bit like Maxi picked it up obviously cleaned up and really was putting that team on his back but the turnovers too I mean <clears throat> I keep ta- talking about it but it, it reminds me of that the Cleveland game where like man you're giving these bad teams just a chance to stay alive and these guys are hungry and it seems as though like you know you get one win you can't be getting fat and lazy like that with a team that really has no identity and is a dangerous team to a good team. We should sweep them easily, but it's definitely not the same feeling as Boston versus Atlanta or Milwaukee when they're healthy versus the Heat. Yeah. I mean, at least I guess the one thing you can say is that, um, 
you know, the first half of that game, too, is probably as bad as you could imagine us looking against them, and we still pulled out a win. Um, so maybe doing that, that bodes shit. well. Yeah, for, but yeah, I mean, maybe it bodes well for second the, round. You can't. Kind of, well, yeah, it's obviously not going to cut it against uh, Boston, who are most likely going to play. Though, uh, Giannis out again tonight. Um, the, I mean, we'll know what the result of that game by the time this comes out, but could be looking at heat up 2-0. Uh, I don't know. That would be a big upset. That would be a big upset. That would be huge for the Sixers. Can't count on it, but a possibility. It's only good news for the Sixers if they make it to the finals. I think uh, my concern, again, is just if they come out looking like they did, what was that, Monday night, game two? If they come out looking like that, then uh, they're not going to beat Boston. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. watching them do that against the Nets, you figure, oh, yeah, the Nets are up five at the half. They should be pretty frightened that they're only up five as badly as the Sixers played. But against a good team, you have no margin for error. And can't afford to be doing that against the Celtics if you want to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, regardless if it's, regardless of if it's against the Bucks or the Heat. Well, the good thing I will say, though, is that you got to see, I mean, Doc, not praising Doc yet at all for his playoff coaching uh, in Philadelphia. But at least you got to see an adjustment they moved to zone for the whole second half, and mm. that clearly was a difference maker against the Nets, which was good to see that they went to the locker room. They were like, yo, all right, we're down by five. got to clean this shit up. And they did, which was good. You know, they relied on Maxi, but I just hope he doesn't have that same performance in the playoffs like he did last year where he either gave you 33 or 35 points, you know, career highs in the playoffs, and then was MIA the next game. So I'm looking at him, obviously Harden as well, to bounce back, but I'm really curious to see the young Maxi, if he can come back and have another dominating performance again. Yeah, I think the other guy, he's he's looked good these first couple games, but Tobias Harris has a tendency to disappear against better teams. So feel great about his performance against the Nets, but don't really expect to get this Tobias against the Celtics, the Bucks, whoever else we're going to end up playing. Yeah, I would say one – the, probably the biggest positive of these two games, I think, is just the way that Embiid's been able to handle things. Uh, the Nets have been coming out with these really aggressive double, Brutal. sometimes triple teams on him right away. And I feel like in previous years, you know, you could Embiid would probably be likely to try to like fight his way through those, try to do a little hero ball, try to force things. And now that he's I think it just shows how much his game has matured. He's taking what they're giving him. He's kicking the ball out, getting to guys shooting open threes. Um, you know, I mean, that first game, I think he only had, um, or maybe I'm saying this, one of the games he only had like 20 points, but he ends up with like a ton of rebounds. That was good game amount two. Of, yeah. Game two, he had 20, 19, 7, and three blocks, even though he feels like he should have had more. Yeah, I probably should have had like four or five. Yeah, it was funny just hearing him post game just taking shots at everyone t- took a shot at uh jaron jackson in memphis saying yeah i should have had more than three blocks i thought i had more but i guess i don't have the official scorekeeper the same way they do in memphis yeah, you need the defensive player of the year scorer <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i also love the uh the shot at that nick nurse just still shitting on nick nurse which is always funny that guy's annoying as hell um yeah yeah good stuff there always yeah. always like joel at the press conference yeah, I do think just talking about Embiid a little bit more, um, his maturity was noticeable in uh, in game two. There were a couple times early in the game where you could kind of tell he was trying to force it through double teams, mm-hmm. turn it over, 
got a little careless, but then come second half, he really slowed things down, just focused on getting his teammates involved, and that's when they went on that run. They made six or seven threes in that decisive third quarter run, and that put the game away. And he remained focused, too. I mean, even at the slightest, as soon as they went one-on-one with him, he sees that opportunity and went for it and got Mm -hmm. it. So, like, you know, teams around the league – that's what they're going to do. They're going to just double-team him, even almost triple him. I mean, at some points in the first half, he would try to spin out of a double-team, and there was someone right on his ass popping the ball out or just getting in the way to, to even make that next pass an issue. And it was good to see him be able to remain focused and then attack that in the second half and really just still look like the dominant player he's been this whole year. Yeah, I think if teams are going to lay off the double-teaming, he's still going to beat Joel Embiid. And- if they do double team, he's learned to kick it out and trust his teammates. Um, I guess sort of talking about game two a little bit more. Bitch ass refs too. Yeah, yeah. I think the the refs were pretty bad. But what about that b ball Paul chant? Damn, it, it felt good to Hell be a yeah. part of that Hell in person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he him and he was uh, incredible in game one. He had that uh, that insane sequence with that like between the Play legs. Play of the year, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> Shake and bake, layup. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. I think uh, he's been fine as a backup center. Um, yeah, I'm glad that Doc Big has time. started to trust. Finally, him a come bit. around. Yeah. No Harold. No uh, oh, Deadman. Harold's been just kind of diminished to just a little ball boy doing shoot-arounds. That's the most he gets yeah, for the game just a garbage time, touching time the ball. Guy, yeah. But even Avery touched on that, too, where, like, Paul gives you that energy. Like, even in the first half, they might not have had the best first half, but when they put Paul in, you could see the team just get a little bit more energized. The stadium got a little bit more pumped up. He does bring that fun, because you never know what's going to yeah. happen. I mean, yeah. it's nice to have, you know, uh, the time when they have to bring in beat out for it just to not be a, a deflating a feeling. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. like you're yeah. actually, like, Obviously, we want to see him beating there as much as possible, but now you have a guy that's like also giving you something that's a little exciting to watch. It's going to get the crowd pumped up. That's really good to have. It's not like, oh, fuck, here comes Harold. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, think back to uh, probably the first pod we recorded, first or second. It was after that that Celtics game Mm -hmm. that Embiid hit that game winner that didn't count, or a game-tying shot that didn't count. But I remember saying on the pod, it doesn't matter who our backup center is. When Embiid comes out, we're fucked. We haven't really seen that. B-Ball Paul's been great. Yeah, the benches have been able to hold their own a little bit. Obviously, in the playoffs, the rotations are a little tighter. I think they've pretty much, uh, you know, either Embiid or Harden's been on the floor at all times, except for the end of that game one where they were just throwing backups out. Or that absolutely atrocious lineup at the very end of the first half of the game two. I mean, that was no, good yeah. point. Good point. Come yeah. on now. I hope that that I was mean, just I guess a that game. was just a defensive. Um, I hope. But they better. I better not see that ever again in the playoffs. That was just like. It's probably just like Doc (laughs) just like wants to do it so bad. It's just like in his blood, and he's just like, all right. There's only like 15 seconds to go in this half. I think I can get a. Just give me a little taste. I just need a little bit of taste of that all bench. I feel like someone zoomed in on that little chalk that they, you know, I mean, like the little marker pad, and just was like a graph saying, "Fuck around and find out." Like, we got 10 seconds. Let's just see what happens. What's the worst that could happen? Like, thank God they just like nothing happened. But like, damn man, that came out. The whole stadium was like, "What are we doing here?" Yeah, I always love the uh, the you know cutting to the you know doc with the with the whiteboard and stuff because i like because his his like plays coming out of timeouts are always like really shitty and i'm always just like wondering if he's just like doodling on there or whatever it's just like hey, everybody look at this 
Look at this picture of Garfield. That is true. <laughs> it looks just like Garfield. Dude, uh, speaking of Doc's out of timeout plays, we were at the game, so we didn't see this. But on the broadcast, they caught oh, after yeah. he called that timeout to start the the third quarter after a minute where the Sixers just looked like ass. Uh, apparently, during the the huddle, Doc just going, "Come on, come on, guys, come on, guys, <laughs> come on, guys, come on." Come on, man. Come on, guys. Over and over. <laughs> yeah. But then they went on that decisive run. Yeah, man. Maybe he knows how to press those buttons. You know, I love seeing that years, years of coaching experience are just diminished yeah. to just, come on, guys. No one could ever think of t- yeah. saying yeah. that. Forget, Nobody yeah. could come up Forget with that. tactics. <laughs> forget uh, you know going to a zone, any of that stuff. Sometimes you just need to come on, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, man, it worked. So, uh, <laughs> a little kick in the ass. <laughs> But yeah, y'all want to talk about what you, you what you were drinking? Oh uh, yeah, we were game? so yeah we were we were at the game <laughs> on Monday and we were slamming back the Bud Lights, <laughs> supporting the LGBT community, you know, being good allies. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know every every Bud Light you drink, you just your your ally meter just ticks up a couple notches, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. what I understand. But yeah, we did, it was funny because I remember la- last week we were struggling for something to talk about, and then I was like, "Oh, we should have talked about the Bud Light shit." And I was like, "That's just going to be an old story by next week." But nope, it's still very much very relevant. Yeah. Still yeah. very much. Did you see that video, dude? It was at, I think this is like at some grocery store in Kansas. This guy's like uh, just trashing the beer no. aisle. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. He's. He, first of all, the best part is that he's throwing around cases of Bush Light, not Bud Light. Like, he got the wrong beer, which I don't know Bush Light. I don't know if that's also owned by Anheuser-Busch or whatever. Maybe would, it is. I would assume so. But it it's sounds, like, it's I mean, still it funny. Like it but, and the guy's just, like, taking the cases and just slamming them on the ground, <laughs> throwing them across the aisle. And then, it, and then it just cuts to him being, like, escorted out by police. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you just, like... Got a criminal record, right? And we're probably gonna have to pay a bunch of fines. You're probably gonna have to go to community service and, and do probably all this hit shit. with the bill. Yeah, they don't realize pay- that. Like, I love watching everybody yeah, you pay for all that shit. People that are like, <laughs> I'm not drinking Bud Light anymore, and they're like dumping it in their yard. I'm like, but you already bought yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, well, this is why I always love when like I love when like conservatives do the consumer activism stuff because mm-hmm. I mean like liberals are always doing that stuff, but when it's liberals, it's just like you know. Um, you know, don't buy uh, the sneakers that are made by the the company that has babies making the sneakers. You right. know, buy yeah. some other brand of sneakers. But when it's conservatives get into it, they're just they're, it's all just about buying the thing, and then just destroying it in a really fun way <laughs> right. and putting it online. Right, <laughs> like like that Kid Rock video where he's oh like shooting incredible. But like, but the part of that that you didn't see was him like calling his like intern or assistant and be like hey i need you to run to the liquor store and get me three cases of bud light for a video and the cutback all his friends behind him are all still drinking bud light like yeah 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 shoot that shoot that it's just so yeah, stupid they just have me. a fun thing to shoot now <laughs> so dumb or that's that, like all it is i love that eye patch uh republican congressman too he's like uh, crenshaw I'm, I'm never like I restocked my fridge. I got rid of all the Bud Light and I put new beer in there. Little did he know, it's all still a Bud product. So like, yeah, it doesn't right. matter. There's like you five, just paid there's for like four companies that make like ninety nine percent of the beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the uh, yeah, I'm gonna drink Coors Light now. It's right. like, dude, the most, that's the wrong move if you're trying to make a statement. Coors is just as pro yeah, LGBTQ. Yeah, right. They've been on that train for a little bit, and it's like, yeah, it's just very funny. Like. Uh, just running out of, uh, you know, they're going to have to start drinking, like, micro, like, craft brew IPAs, which even that shit's most of the time owned by one of the bigger exactly. brewers, right. too. It's like there's really no escape from it. 
the most corporately funded parties out here protesting by buying said product and then just <laughs> destroying it. It's like, well, they already got their money. They don't give a shit what you do with it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's not how boycotting works, man. No. But I like the idea that, um, you know, if, if they just keep having to boycott more stuff, because you figure, like, you know, all these companies, these marketing people, like, they're not stupid. They, they're doing this because they see which way the, the wind is blowing, you know. They're, like, trying to expand their consumer base <laughs> in what way or another. So it's just going to be more and more... And they're going to have, like, more and more things that they can't buy. And so it'll eventually get to the point where, like, these guys have, like, the same kind of, like, consumption habits as, like, a West Philly hippie person, you know? Pretty much. It's like, you know, the guy be like, be like, man, I ain't, uh, I'm, I'm getting sick of these, uh, these woke factory farms. I'm going to start, from now on, I'm buying all my groceries at the organic farmer's market. <laughs> you know, I'm, going, I'm going down to Trader Joe's. I ain't buying no more Tyson chicken, uh, or like, or um, you know, fucking uh, Ford. We'll get like a like a trans spokesperson. It's like, man, man, you you think I'm gonna be caught dead driving that gay ass truck again? You got another thing coming, Buster. As they buy I'm a brand right, new truck, yeah. the lot just like blow it up in their backyard. Man, from like, now what? on, I'm riding my bicycle around town. I'm riding my Schwinn down to the. Down to the organic farmer's market. Dude, that would be incredible. The parallels between a hippie and just some conservative freak. It's like, uh, like, my, my, uh, like my, I found out that my doctor, they've been handing out those hormone pills to the kids. You know, they're getting out them gender hormones. Now I got to, now whenever I throw my back out, I got to go down to, uh, to Dr. Zubu, the <laughs> holistic healer. He's got an office. He's, I got to ride my Schwinn all the way into the woods where his office is for him to check out my Damn. back, which is hard to do on the bicycle when my back's all fucked up like that. All these crazy-ass guys, they got the it's incense like, in their house. They're like, yeah, yeah no, no, I'm good, I'm good. It's like, yeah, I can't be using, uh, what's the... the uh, Air freshener thing. I can't be using that Febreze no more, man. That's Febreze. That's, that's just gay, too. I got to burn. I'm, I I'm burning Nag Shampa now. You I see got these candles. guys start getting oil diffusers? Yeah. I got 50 candles. A gen- yeah. I'm off the grid now because the General Electric, the light bulbs is gay now, too. I got, I'm, all, I'm all on candles now. I got scented candles all throughout the house. Damn, it's just so dumb, man. Oh, what a weird hill to die on. Oh man, it's funny. I hope it goes on forever. Uh, oh, I, we had no year about the the Warriors King series. Maybe talk about a little broader playoff stuff. Um, yeah, the Beam team, man, like the Beam. Yeah. yeah, the Warriors are definitely um, probably you know my definitely my like. Uh, my Western Conference team that I'm kind of pulling for. They're definitely like a fun team. De'Aaron Fox. The Kings, yeah. you mean. You said the Warriors. Oh, yeah. I mean yeah. the Kings. The yeah. Kings. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not the it's fucking bonus. Warriors. Yeah, it's a bonus. It's a, it's a uh, cool team. Malik Monk has been balling out. Yeah. They're, they're fun. fun to watch. Yeah, they're super fun to watch. It's they good just... to see a team in the playoffs that like has been historically bad the last, like what, 15, 17 yeah. years. Yeah, did you see the now, clip like... of um, before game one, them like letting people into the arena? Mm-hmm. It was just like a rush. It looked like a, like a yeah. Black Friday yeah. you know, opening up a Walmart or something. It was, they were just like running in there. It was like, damn, that's awesome. They got to work on that light the beam shit, though. I'll tell you what, because that button is corny as shit. It was like a giant, like, you know those like old staple buttons? You'd hit that staple shit. 
Oh, that was easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. This shit even click. Like, he smacked this big old purple nipple. I'm like, all right, we got Barney's tit over here. Like, but nothing, nothing <laughs> happened. Like, I get the beam shit, but like, we could get a little bit yeah. better here with the fucking turning it on and all that. But they're yeah. a fun team to watch. I like them a lot. Yeah, they play with a lot of pace, a lot of energy. I think um, the Warriors, they've gotten old and they kind of struggle to keep up. Um, Play yeah, yeah. certainly isn't what he used to be. Steph Curry still runs around like a lunatic, but Missing a lot he of can't shots, do it though. all. He ain't hitting those like you know little shimmy shots afterwards. Like he's shooting up that ball that you would think would normally go in, and it's not. It reminds me a lot of like the. Love to bring it back though. The Eagles versus the Patriots, where like you have this young scrappy team that has a lot of grit to them, playing what it really is the most recent NBA dynasty, really. So it's fun to see like a young team like that coming in here, getting their job done at home. Real stupid play by Draymond. That whole mix-up at the end of that game was just kind of stupid. Yeah, that was yeah, dumb. That was dumb. Like I don't know. Like what do you, I mean? Do you guys feel like the suspension was warranted or yes. not? Yeah. Yes. I don't think so. You don't think so? I I after watching it again, I really think that Sabonis. I mean, yes. Sabonis shouldn't have grabbed his leg. I will give you that. I also think we're really using the term "stomp" too aggressively. I don't think it was a stomp. I think he was trying to get his footing. Sabonis had his leg. I mean, you, you know, felt you're falling for that. Oh, I'm not no flexible enough. I'm just saying, at the same time, like, it's a little bit aggressive for me. Yeah. And Sabonis lay on the ground, like, rolled over. PR staff over here. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be the next guest on Draymond's I'm pod, on podcast man. Is, I guess, yeah. I'm on this podcast coming up, yeah. <laughs> I guess my thing, like, I don't, like, I feel like it's borderline. Like, I don't have a problem with it. But, like, I, like, I see a lot of people making this case that it's like, well, you shouldn't suspend a guy like that because it's the playoffs. And it's like, that doesn't make a fucking difference. Yeah. Because it's like, what are they saying? Like, oh, you just tack on suspensions for the regular season next year which is basically just giving people a license to like punch people in the face during the playoffs because which Draymond would no one do. gives a shit about the regular yeah. season they're going to be load managed anyway they're going to miss games anyway I'm just saying at least break a rib then if you're going to get suspended and Make you're going to stomp the guy <laughs> let me see a bruised rib broken rib maybe a is, punctured I think, lung I'm pretty sure he's questionable, yeah, he's questionable yeah. for the next game he, 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 had like he a, got fucked up a couple times in that game even before Draymond stepped on his, his rib uh, anyway. I do I will say that he shouldn't have grabbed Draymond's leg, but I think... He admitted that he should have. He said, yeah, my bad, I was mad. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, come on now. You ever have someone grab it's your like, leg, you end up like kicking me, him in I was all mad. that? For sure, but I think you can tell... There, there are certain angles where you can tell that Draymond did that with the intent of hurting him. Or at least stomping on him. Maybe I'm not, not ready to compare it to Indomitian Sue over here. Like, that's a stomp. That, well, to yeah. me, stepping on someone's head. Indomitian Sue used to just, like, grind his foot <laughs> yeah. on there in Roger's ankle. <laughs> no. like, that's a stomp. This was like a, you know, eh. up for debate kind of difference. I don't think Draymond did himself. I feel like he, like, I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it, like, a stomp. Because I, I feel like you have to, like, get up and just really, like... But I did, he, like, you know, pushed... He, like, launched off of him a little aggressively, I would say. I don't know. I mean, you know, I think if I mean, it was like any other got player... The game, did he need to tack on a suspension after that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with what? it either way. I think it's a. I think it's reasonable. I think any other player on the Warriors that would have done that wouldn't have gotten suspended. I think it's because it's, it's Draymond. It's because of his record, but you know? also yeah. well, he cited his history as part of the reason why. I will also say he didn't do himself any favors by going up to the crowd after that and calling people a pussy and saying, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, let's go, yeah." The well, NBA cares a lot about the 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 optics of fans interacting with players and just players interacting with fans in negative ways. So I think that certainly contributed to them suspending him. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, are we are we witnessing the end of the Warriors dynasty? Big think? time. Is this I would Hell say yeah. so. They're, they're like, getting old, man. Draymond's yeah. out of there after this year. There's no way they're bringing his ass back. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't see. I mean, like, and uh, you know, during the Clay's regular a season, agent. they were relying a lot on like Jordan Poole to really carry some weight, and he hasn't been too he's good been this ass. year. Yeah, he's been bad. Everyone like wants him out of the rotation, all that stuff. But um, it is, dude. I would say like the Warriors fans' reaction to the Draymond suspension is so funny because they're just like, "Oh, the refs are the refs are in the bag for the Kings," and it's like, dude, do you know anything about like, <laughs> like the way that this works? Like, do you in what universe does the NBA want? The Warriors not to advance, mm-hmm. like to not have right. Steph Curry advance. Like, dude, there's there's the most ridiculous thing you could possibly say. Might as well hop on that bed wanging too while I'm a Draymond fan. Yeah, they are. They are. The refs are definitely on their <laughs> yeah, shit. The refs, the, the, the refs love the beam. Mm-hmm. They just want to see that beam go up. Yeah, the refs. The refs have Kings plus five five thousand to win the finals. It's like Lucas <laughs> yeah. said, man. They're all about that money. Mm-hmm. I'm excited also to see if the Kings make uh, keep keep rolling here to see uh, uh, their mascot Slamson get some more get some more He's TV ugly time. As hell, man. It's the funniest looking mascot in, <laughs> in the basket, maybe in sports in general, but definitely in basketball. Because the best part about it is that if you look at Slamson, his um, the cause most mascots like they put like the eye holes that you look through like through like the mouth or something like that. But this guy, the, the costume just has the the character's eyes are the eye holes. So he just has these eerie, like, human eyes. Ew. If you look closely, yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's so, like, unsettling. You can see it's the like guy in like there. like a David Lynch movie or something. <laughs> yeah, you can just, like, Ew. it's just, like, some dude's, like, bloodshot eyes. Terrifying. <laughs> I mean, Matt, I mean, Gritty showing up to a birthday party in the beginning, I guess it'd be frightening, but if this motherfucker showed up to someone's birthday party, what the fuck? Yeah, horrible. Plus, he spent yeah. some time in Kevin for a minute. Please look up a picture <laughs> yeah. of, of Slamson. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm cool with that. They might as well just be, have the mascot be a beam because this shit is creepy as hell. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so speaking of uh, fan interactions, uh, did you guys see uh, Russell Westbrook getting mad again oh. during game one? Mm-hmm. This was like, um, so this, there was like a video of this going around and it was like oh, during, yeah, this, yeah, during, I guess things was during halftime and I guess this was, it was weird. I didn't know exactly where this was taking place. It, it looked like it was probably like some kind of like lounge area for people that have like courtside seats or whatever. Cause like this guy's just like sitting on a couch with his kid or whatever. And like Westbrook comes in and he's just, you know, this guy's like, yo, watch your fucking mouth, man. Oh, you better this. watch your yeah. mouth. And it's amazing. And I didn't, I don't, I haven't seen this like confirmed anywhere, but what people were saying is that the guy was yelling Westbrook, <laughs> which is amazing. Cause I was like, I was like, I thought this was like a year ago, man. Like it, the funniest fucking thing about it is that, uh, you know, it clearly bothers him. Like yeah. that clearly cuts deep with him. <laughs> and his response is to just let everyone know. Right. That I'm he mad. hates it. And, and, then then to come out, and then to come out and shoot three for 19 and basically <laughs> prove the guy's point. Yeah. Right. It's like you can't, you gotta, yeah, you gotta back that up a little bit. I mean, he has been a lot better since he, uh, oh, he was the playing Clippers. great. He's been playing great defense yeah, in this series. Been, yeah. I mean, even that first game, he, he shot really poorly, but he had, uh, you know, um, I don't know. His line was really good elsewhere. Been a fun playoff run so far. I mean, it's fun seeing teams jump out. I mean, I think that. Boston is kind of one of the more boring series to watch right now just because they're just purely dunked on, on Atlanta's Atlanta. ass. Yeah. yeah, but then I, I really like the New York uh, Cavs series. That I called that in the beginning. I was like, I think that's going to be one of the more entertaining ones just because they're both kind of equal. You know, they're, they're both okay, but that one's fun to watch as well. You know, always good to see LeBron back in the playoffs too. I love seeing him play. I just thought, what if uh, going back to the Westbrook thing for a second? What if there is a guy? What if there is a guy who um, 
was a big uh, Westbrook stan, but because of his accent, it sounds like he's saying Westbrook. <laughs> like he's like, go Westbrook. Yeah, I love, I love Russell Westbrook. It's the same guy from before. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's the, the Bud Light guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, I love. <laughs> Man, this 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 man's a walking, talking, triple double. I tell you what, I love Westbrook wearing his jersey. Just get Westbrook, a bitch my by favorite Westbrook. player. He's like, I wrote, I mean, I wrote, I rode my Schwinn bicycle all the way, all the way from the hills of Kentucky down to Crypto.com Arena to see my favorite basketball player, Russell Westbrook. And now I got. And now I got to go see a therapist to unpack all the trauma that I endured when, when Westbrook yelled at me and my son during that time. Damn. I'll never be the same again. I got cussed out by my favorite basketball player. He told me to go fuck myself. Damn. Oh, man. I, I, there's nothing even to drink in the arena. I can't even fucking drink none of the beer there. <laughs> I was stone cold sober getting yelled at by my favorite basketball player, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ugh. All right, I think that's probably a good, good, uh, good place to stop the NBA oh. conversation and move on. Damn. Um, so, Trevor, you alluded to this in the open, but the man finally got paid. Jalen Hurts got his extension. Five years, two hundred fifty-five million. Two fifty-five, one hundred seventy-nine guarantee. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First Sounds ever right. no trade clause in franchise history. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of surprised by that, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. never heard about one before. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's the first. You're you're so used to it in other sports where baseball, a player gets his his ten and five rights after he's been in the league for ten years and with the same team for five years. There's so many NBA contracts, NHL contracts. They automatically have no trade clauses negotiated into them, whereas with the NFL, because of the nature of NFL contracts, the nature of NFL careers, that NFL contracts aren't guaranteed, no trade clauses aren't really a thing. I do think that it's unlikely, I hope it's unlikely that the Eagles will find themselves in a position where they would consider trading him, but good for him that he's got that protection. Also, shout out to his agent, Nicole Lynn. First female ever to book the highest ever deal every NFL. And she got that job through DMing him the day of the draft. Yeah, like yeah, day after the draft. The she said, yeah, hey, you got an agent? He she's said, a no. Clutch, she's a clutch sports uh, yeah. employee. I didn't know that. but uh, Amazing. And you look at, God, I love this deal. Classic Howie wizardry right here. The next four years, too, compared to Daniel Jones, just to compare just to them two, the cap hits don't even compare. 2023, 2024, 6.1 mil for Hertz and 13.5 in 2024 for Hertz. Daniel Jones, 21 and 45 mil. And it gets progressively worse. I mean, it's just amazing the shit that he's been able to do, honestly, with the way that, like, you know, I don't. Trevor and I were speaking of this earlier. We were talking about, like, why. It's it's crazy when he does this shit, and it's like, why isn't every GM doing this stuff? Like, how the hell did they not. Figure out how to do this with the Daniel Jones contract or whatever. It's just like the next two years cost us nineteen point seven mil for Hertz against the cap. Dak Prescott cost eighty six million. Jesus. Matthew Stafford sixty nine. Kyler Murray sixty seven. It's like what we're getting this guy who's going to be a potential if he plays again like he did this year, a potential Hall of Famer for the or MVP for the next two three years, and he's got a deal that took a, like a Brady type of deal, even though he still got paid. Yeah, I love it. I love it all around. Yeah, I think 
it's crazy to see an ascendant player like this get a contract like this. Once the contract, the, the, the contract isn't, how do I want to say this? In three years, he's going to renegotiate a new deal because of Definitely. inflation. He's going to realize he's worth more than that, at least at the current trajectory. But in theory, if he didn't renegotiate a new deal in two or three years, once this one expires, he'll still be in his prime and be ready to make Another absurd deal. It's and the just... cap goes up tremendously. This year, our cap was only $18.5 million. In the next two years, it goes to 45 and 88 The man's going to get a nice, big, fat contract again. I mean, I'm not... It, it's just remarkable, the, the shit that Howie can still pull off. Yeah, pretty awesome. Um, you know, finally have our guy locked up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not too much else to say. It's just, like, very, very good. Uh, and it'll last for like, like a, yeah. a week or two because you got Burrow, you got Herbert, you got other guys coming up. Exactly. That are gonna he's, get yeah, he's not going to be the highest paid Lamar, very long. Potentially. Although I, Lamar's not getting this type of deal. I don't think deal. he's well, going to get well, as big of a deal. Is that apparently this deal was very close to what they were originally offering Lamar. Like it was almost the same. It was like maybe a little bit less money, but like almost the same terms and years and stuff. It's wild to think, but he's not as accomplished as Hurts is at this point. All he, he has is the MVP Bowl. over him, but yeah. in his his playoff numbers are kind of ass too. Like yeah, he's not he, that good in the playoffs when he is healthy and plays. I mean, That's the other thing. He's certainly sick and great quarterback, top five, top ten quarterback in the NFL, but he hasn't really shown the drive for improvement the same one that Hurts has. Not calling the guy lazy by any means, no. but he just doesn't doesn't deserve the contract that Hurts got. No. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, I mean, Hurst definitely, like, checks all those boxes. Like, there's no – I mean, if there was ever a guy that you're going to, like, take a shot on, give him, like, a big deal like this, like, that's the guy. I mean, you know. He's him. He's the he man. He's him, yeah. yeah. Man, it's just amazing to watch. And what a phenomenal story, too. I mean, doubted his whole life. It's not like Carson Wentz, who bitched and moaned about shit, and we paid him coming off an ACL tear and all that stuff. Jalen Hurts has consistently been that dude that's been loyal to his team, whether or not he's a starter or the backup or supporting cast, whatever may have you. Even college, even in the NFL, you know, was a starter at college, became another number two, drafted in the second round to just be a backup, really. There was no starting gig guaranteed. Assumed the role, had a decent first, you know, starting season. And the second year, he said, I'm going to come back with some more fire. And did. I mean, you can't... Damn. Hey man, he keeps the main thing the main thing. He had a uh, he had a purpose before any of us had an opinion. And it's funny sure, because uh, he speaks in all these cliches and just these just platitudes and I just get so tired of him. But that's just me, so yeah, kind of grown on it's me like a little funny, bit. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's just funny. He's like uh, you know, coming out of him, they always just seem so like profound or whatever. It's they're, they're they're these cliches, like, man, this guy gets it. You he know? said, I didn't <laughs> like, walk through the smoke just to, I didn't walk through the fire just to smell the smoke. As I'm sitting on the couch drinking my beer, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I feel that shit. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like when someone posts a picture on their whatever of like the line, it's like, the lion's like the biggest lion walks quietly. Like, oh, what the fuck does that mean? Like, some guy just per- sh- shot that shit out sitting at his computer doing whatever. Like, but the fact that Hurt says it, I'm like, I could definitely relate to that shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure, sure now he's that like, he's an MVP caliber quarterback, I appreciate those things a lot. But if he was, the, if say Dak Prescott says that shit, I'm just going to be like, I'm like what a bitch. What, what, a, hell, what a corny what ass. What is he smoking? <laughs> yeah, yeah this is, listen to this fucking mm-hmm. cornball. Look at this dumbass. But Hurt says that shit, I'm like, on 76 on the way to work, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is great. <laughs> Love this shit. <laughs> 
but happy it got done. I don't think there was ever a doubt it would get done. Yeah, it was just a matter of when mm-hmm. and just what exactly the terms right. were going to be. Yeah, yeah. And now we got – now it's just solely the draft to think about what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, one week only, away, yeah. closing in. Well, we got your boy Zacchaeus. Yeah. My boy almost sounds like Lame Backies. Zacchaeus, which I did have to look up how to pronounce that just to make sure. He went to St. Joe's Prep. Yeah, oh, he's a South Jersey yeah. guy. South, yeah. South Jersey guy, yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. We should so get him on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I wonder yeah. how many citywide he specials he's done in his life. <laughs> Probably not many. Yeah. He's not a degenerate like us. <laughs> we can get him for one, though, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a nice uh, nice little depth signing there. Gives him uh, you know, some competition for Quez. Yeah, and, Quez uh, was very ass. We'll get someone else in the building, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely need some more bodies there. But yeah, he's. I mean, he was always a pretty good player. Um, you know, especially like you know, Falcons are have been pretty trash. Last four he's years, he's had like able almost, to put up some some pretty like decent numbers despite that. Almost two thousand yards, you know, nine touchdowns. But you figured he was at a kind of rebuilding team anyway. A with, run heavy you know, team too. Run heavy, with and especially. they already had at the time. You know, four years you had Calvin Ridley, you had Pitts. You know, they don't really launch the ball like that over there, but. It should be good. If anything, like you said, good competition. Way more competition for Quez than fucking JJ was. So it should be an exciting camp. And he was Mariota's favorite target. So it'll I was going to say, do you adjusted. think there was a Mariota factor in here? That was his biggest target last year when he was with Atlanta. So if anything, it'll just make it more comfortable at camp. Make you feel more adjusted. You know, and that's about it. Now we just see what we do with the draft yeah. and see if they we have, get... Uh, you know, they have Mariota telling them who to sign in free agency, and they have uh, uh, Jordan Davis working the draft to, you know, figure out the draft. So I guess speaking of the draft, um, something that I've kind of thought about a little bit more is with Hurts locked up, are they more apt to sign an off- or not sign draft an offensive lineman than we may have previously thought? Certainly, that offensive lineman's probably not going to play too much this year. Knock on wood, you hope so anyway. But thinking about building towards the future, you want guys on rookie deals, you need to draft well with the quarterback on a large contract like this. Do you guys think there is a chance they draft offensive line? I think there's definitely a chance. Yeah, yeah. There's always a, a heightened with chance. With Howie Roseman, there's say. always yeah. a chance you're going to get some sort of O-line or D-line or both early in the draft. And I read an article today, too, where the Eagles historically, when they draft players, don't draft to start. So, you know, right, we don't need an O-lineman right now, you know, to be honest. But if you draft, you draft for that guy to start next year. You know, even Cam Jurgensen, you know, we had Kelsey locked up, other guys like that. Andre Dillard, when we picked him up, we still had, obviously, Peters was on the downturn, but you got Malata at the same time as well. You had Lane Johnson, he ain't going anywhere. But these guys draft players to learn from these great vets that we have. And Stoutland. Yeah, and you got yeah. Stoutland. So, like, you know, you pick up the guy from Northwestern with a 10th pick if that happens. I'm not mad about it. It's not a sexy pick. It seems like he's – you're talking about Skoronsky. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to think he's going to be a guard. Yeah, he, I mean – He's played tackle in Who's college. the other guy? Uh, uh, the Paris, guy Paris Johnson, Johnson the Ohio yeah. State yeah. dude, I think. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. love the LSU cat. O'Chauncey, whatever. He's got, like, a crazy-ass name. He's a tackle from LSU. Uh, uh, I know who you're talking about. I think he would yeah. drop to probably 30. Yeah, maybe like a later round guy. Yeah. I'm thinking even a 30th like, pick. Yeah, I mean, you get maybe a decent dude in the later rounds. Just figure they're not going to need him right away. You give Just Allen a couple years mm-hmm. to do his thing with him. Yeah. But they typically draft to, especially linemen, like 
you think of Jordan Davis. Like, they didn't really need him to be a starter. He had to start at some points due to injuries on the line. But that's a potential learn from the guys that you have. Put him in there here and there in games when you're ahead. Eventually, he will start. Derek Barnett wasn't an instant starter. He was a sit for a year. Yeah. I mean, there's guys that we have across the team even now that you draft, you develop, and then you start, which is what typically we try to do with quarterbacks. But now that's like the really the one position in the NFL that people kind of draft to start, which mm-hmm. is fine because college is kind of like that. But every other position, you got time to really hone in, slow the game down for them, cut that baby fat from college and get more muscle, get more with the game, especially when it comes to the trenches. And I can see them doing that with the 10th pick. Not the sexiest thing, but, you know. I kind of feel like that's where they're heading in the first round. Maybe not the 10th pick, but between the 10th and the 30th. Big time. I think they draft an offensive lineman somewhere. They either do the most boring thing and draft a no lineman at 10, or Harry goes balls to the walls and do some, does something absurd and picks up who I don't even know. Bijan, Will Anderson. I could see. I could see them doing something. Gonna crazy have to with move up picks. for Anderson. But, but yeah, you guys do yeah, first round. Really question. Yeah, you've got. A what bunch if they of, trade ten and thirty? And they move up to the top five. Got a bunch of picks next year too. So mm-hmm. yeah, you can see. I mean, you can also see like if maybe they. You know, if you figure they probably have like four or five people in mind for that tenth pick, and if they're not there, they might trade back. Definitely. Um, yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's tons of. Pos- I mean, yeah. With the tenth and thirtieth pick, there's just like I don't know. It's like. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're kind of your like, brain just kind of scrambles trying to think of because there's like so many things that could fucking happen. Now, if Bijan's at ten and they trade, if Bijan somehow and Jalen Carter are both there at ten, and they if trade Ca- down, how would you feel? If Carter's there at ten, they're taking Carter. Yeah, if Bijan, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But if they did, then I'd be like, what the back? fuck, how he smells? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm just saying it. Yeah, it wouldn't I mean, surprise me. Depends on what they get for that. Howie's kind of taught us not to doubt him, but I would be disappointed. Um, if, if it's Bijan, I wouldn't really care too much, but if Carter's there and they were the trade back, I would be pretty disappointed. Um, certainly there are some question marks with him, but at the same time, dude seems to Generational have talent. a hell of a lot of upside. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I would definitely take him, but I'd be disappointed if he was there and they didn't just say, fuck it, we'll draft mm-hmm. him. I'm looking forward to an exciting draft. I don't think it's going to be boring at all. I think it's going to be pretty pretty nuts, whether it's one of those two cats going off the board at 10, whether they trade for an active player. You know, you got Buda Baker once out. You mm. got, you know, Devin White once out. And both kind of mm. are flirt, flirting with Philly. I'm not saying with the 10th pick. I'm not saying that at all. You know, I'm yeah, just saying not. not with that. But you have that 30th pick where if you lock up a guy at 10 – you know, yeah. it's worth – that's you, a freebie you, It's a freebie pick anyway. So if you can get a guy like Buda Baker or whoever he else – He wants money that we, we aren't well, going to want to give him. Not though. for right now. I'm just saying, listen, it's just an idea. You got also in the wing, Derrick Henry. If you get Carter at 10 and you get Derrick Henry for the 30th pick, I'd be okay with that. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, Derrick – what kind of? I don't know what kind of fifteen hundred yards. What kind of contract is Derrick Henry on? I don't know what he's on right now. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Gotta be, gotta be coming down to the end. I doubt. I mean, I don't know what money he's working with, but the way how he works some shit, I'm sure it wouldn't be too bad to hard press to have. But I just feel that the Eagles have deferred a lot of money the future years where. If Derrick Henry and you've got Hertz's contract now too in a few years to worry about, where if 
Derrick Henry's on a long-term deal. You're kind of cap-strapped. Trevor, are you looking it up? Uh, well, I was actually just looking up because I don't know if you guys saw this rumor floating around, but that the um, Eagles have been mentioned a lot at possibly uh, acquiring Dalvin Cook. Mm. I saw that. He's heard all the time. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about it, but I guess what they were saying is that like they were big on him, uh, his draft. They year, were, I remember that. get him. And that was the Sidney Jones. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Brutal. Imagine if you Yuck. got Dalvin Cook instead of Sidney Jones. Yeah. I don't want to do any trades with, fuck, with the Vikings. Fuck them. <laughs> Just hate the Vikings yeah, that much. Yeah, fuck that. I don't want any of that skull shit up in here. Yeah, no. yeah. We I don't, don't need Kirk Cousins juju to, to no. infect the locker room. Mm-mm. I don't want any it just, of that. It, I mean, yeah. I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of um, decent options. It's a good for running back to be later in, in the draft, like yeah. third or fourth. Like you, know, you got like Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. You could probably maybe nab in the third round. Bijan's backup is supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He'll he'll, he'll be a second like, round that, pick. It's like a you know Miles Sanders was uh, Saquon's backup. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. under the radar, people don't realize how good they are because they're overshadowed. You know. Yeah, there's uh, speaking of Miles Sanders. Yeah, he's from Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Pitts Pitts running back is supposed to be pretty good. Second, third round pick. Crazy name. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but uh, he's another option that could be out there for day two, day three. But yeah, I think we I think we hit the draft pretty good. I think I think we covered up that. I, I, yeah. There's not much to talk about until it, we get like you know closer to it, or really just past it, because yeah. you know it's just a lot of skept, you know. Did we want to touch on uh, Josh Harris buying the Commanders? Yeah, we can. You pay a lot of money for a bunch of shit. I'll tell you that much, though. Uh, So I'm of two minds here, right? So which one do I want to touch on first? I guess we'll touch on the the Philadelphia-centric mind first, which, dude, what the hell? How's he going to own the New Jersey Devils, their arrival of the Flyers? Granted, the Flyers are largely kind of irrelevant, but... Yeah. Still, just that's a bad look. Man. If they were good, people would care. That would be a big... <laughs> yeah, like, Flyers fans especially. Could you imagine? People yeah. would be fired up. But then... Guy, yeah, the fucking team that uh, ended Eric Lindros' career, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so then he owns them. Owns the Sixers, as we know. But then this motherfucker goes and buys the Commanders. Not the equivalent of buying the Cowboys, but certainly not anyone that we're too thrilled about. So it's just like... Dude, you live in Philly. You went to college here. Understand that you may have grown up in Landover, Maryland, or DC area, or whatever have you. But it's like, pick a loyalty and stick with it. But That's I guess billionaires don't really know loyalty. What happens they when just you have too money. much money, you get bored as fuck. I mean, and not many teams hit the market for sale. Like, yeah, and it's like there's, you know, I feel like there's like two different kinds of uh, like sports owners. There's like the I don't even want to say like Ed Snyder types because those just like don't even fucking exist anymore, barely. But like there's, there's, I mean, but they're like the guys who want like the, uh, you know, kind of like the prestige of like owning a team, being like the guy for the team and sort of like the, the public facing right. guy. Like, a, like a Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah, I was going to say Jeffrey Lurie is kind of fits into that category. Or even John Middleton is kind of, he wasn't always like that, but I feel like in recent years he's kind of become more of like a gung ho, like I want to fucking win, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like, and then you have like the guys like Josh Harris who are just businessmen and the like slime real balls, estate. Right. Yeah, and especially with like the the arena stuff, it's like this is like a guy just wants like to invest in real estate, basically. Right. Like, which I'm fine with them. Let the man. Yeah, not whatever. Care I about mean, as long as you're does. putting putting uh, as long as you're uh, you know putting forth the money that needs to be put forth, like oh, whatever. Like, I like that our ownership 
in most of our teams usually cares about the success of the team. I feel like with Washington right now, like, I don't, you know, there's no, you know, Laurie in the beginning for sure didn't give a shit. It was opportunity. He bought that shit, whatever. But I feel like yeah. with I this, mean, it's like, what, you bought this shitty ass team. What it, there's no way. I mean, if they like, actually, if they build them up and the commanders become like good and they're actually like, and the Eagles are like competing with them for the division and stuff, like, Josh Harris is not going to be able to show his face at courtside. No. Yeah. Unless see, he see, bought the team as like an incel type of deal where like he bought the team to like make sure they never become good ever again. No, I don't think he did that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a sleeper, so yeah, he's a fucking. He, he doesn't care. I think that's that's yeah. the other the mind. Six up. billion dollar, uh, <laughs> just tanking investment. All right, guys, we got it. I'm in there. We're good to go. See, that's the the other the other place where my mind goes is, yeah, like objectively, I couldn't care less who he owns. But thinking of it from the perspective of an Eagles fan specifically, and just the subjective nature there. The commanders are going to be good. They've been the laughing stock of the NFL for of pro sports for the last 25 years. And say what you will about Josh Harris, but the teams he owns. I mean, look at the Sixers when he the bought Devils. them. The Devils right now. Yeah, they, both teams were just aimless, stuck in purgatory. He's kind of built them up to be certainly not. I mean, I can't say certainly not contenders. The Sixers are borderline. The Devils are building towards that, but he's built the teams up to where they're competitive. The thing is, though, with football, okay, on that note, though, basketball and even hockey, really, it's kind of easy to change a franchise overnight, so to speak, where there's not that many guys on the court or on the ice that play, and it only takes one or two impact guys to make that team a standout team. Where the NFL, I mean, by the time this guy gets that team up and running with how he wants it to run, all those great Alabama defensive players that have built Mm -hmm. that D-line – the offense is still kind of, you know, I mean, who's their quarterback? Henke? Come on now. Oh, Heineke. 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 I was like, Sam Henke? Henke. Come on now. <laughs> they ain't got shit. Like, yeah. by, the time, by the time he wants them to be good, you know, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I don't know if I, I would I, say I, that. I, don't, I, don't, I think it's a lot harder to just buy an NFL team and make them good with a couple of good drafts than it is to do that with NBA or NHL, just in terms of sheer number-wise. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. For the Sixers, it took several years. For the Devils, it's taken several years. But uh, I think that for what it's worth, he's probably going to be owner for a while. And there will be a time within probably the next five years that the Commanders are competitive while the Eagles are competitive, which is different from what we've seen for the last 25 years for the most part. I'm... I'm not concerned at all about this division. I think that yeah. from an organizational standpoint... No team set up better than the Eagles going forward. I agree, but... So ownership, Josh GM. Harris knows what he's doing. Well, the jury's I'm give, still Maybe out. I'm giving him too much credit. I think I you, well, you got to sit down over there. Damn, dog, relax. He's not going to build a dynasty over here. He's, it's still Washington. they got make them competitive, I think. We'll see. Well, yeah. I mean, anything will be competitive compared to what they are now. How about this? What if? What about in, if, uh, instead of the Commanders? What if they were called the Commandos? And it was all about free balling. <laughs> They're just playing. They get rid of. Dude, you can't play football. Of, so no, not the players. I'm just saying the, the, that's just like the vibe. No oh, cups. Okay. Instead of. I was going to say of, playing football with no cup. No how about cup. Instead of, t- how about instead of, instead of Tutty as a mascot, they get like a 60 year old man who's just wearing like a pair of slacks. <laughs> you can see is the outline of his oh, shit. Oh my god. Just drooping Sag- nukes yeah, coming out balls. of the zipper hole. Look, yeah. Look, look, Josh, if you're listening. 
Uh, I know we've said some negative things about you, but uh, Josh, I got I'm, your back, I'm, I'm available for any kind of marketing consultant jobs you might have open. Damn, hired. I won't Damn, hold anything what? against you. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, so I guess we have a lot of time here left. I don't know. There's uh, not a whole lot to talk about with the Phillies. They're just kind of um, going up and down. They're uh, still hitting very well. Um, they're running into the, a shitload of outs. Yeah. Big time. But, I mean, if you look at, like, their top five in baseball in slugging and OPS. Um, On the strength of Wet Brandon with his, like, over yeah. 1,000 OPS. Oh, man, my going God, nuts dude. over here. Another home run today yet. Wet Brandon's my man, dude. Yeah. Soaking wet. third home run. Yeah, I, it makes me start wondering if, like, I, I don't know who you're saying, like, is Kevin Long the Phillies' Jeff Stoutland? Like, this is a, you know... He's I wrote be, this? No, I did. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Not, like, literally, but, like, I mean, like, I, I don't usually don't think too much about, like, assistant coaches in baseball. I mean, I remember, like, Rich Doobie was a really great pitching coach, like, kind of de- helped Halliday develop that change-up and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, yeah, I don't know. Kevin Long seems to be able to take these guys and, like, turn them into hitters. I mean, Brandon Marsh was, like... Oh, he was horrible. He was, like, yeah, just, like, a fringe... Fringe major leaguer, really, like yeah. a def- more of a defensive guy. And yeah, he's been mashing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously not going to be like this all year, but if he is, definitely seems like he's yeah. seeing the ball better. He's seen the ball, and I think you know, hitting at a later spot too. He's more comfortable, laid back. I did see a weird stat too that you know when the when the Phillies do lose, losing games, Trey Turner is batting like a two hundred average. When they win, he's hitting four hundred average. So it's a pretty interesting. Depending on his bat, really, is how the team flows. Which makes sense. I and mean, he needs, he's, he's yeah. at the top of the order. One of the guys the Good to see him there. finally hit his first home run today, which was nice. Barely got over the fence, but it got he's playing there. playing in Chicago, man, the yeah. Windy City. So he got there with that, but I just wanted to not rely so much on him. But also, he needs to be more consistent with hitting the ball. I feel like the top of the lineup is just Everyone's ugly been kind right of inconsistent. Now. I mean, it, it's. I think we touched on it last pod, but starting Brandon, Stott. Boom, they're the ones carrying you. Well, once Schwerber. you get stop, boom, Marsh up in there, and then by the time it's like, man, all right, there's one or two outs, but there's two guys on. Like, we're in a little bit of flow here. You get the tray. He either, like, barely gets a single or whatever, and then Schwarber comes up, and it's like, damn, dog. Like, they can't – they got to figure that one, two, three spot out big time because it's fucking up the whole gel, the whole rest of the team right now. Yeah. In it, the, you see it big time in the losses is all I'm saying. That's the one actual uh, – piece of Phillies news we could talk about is that they're trying Harper out at first base. What do you think about that? Saves that arm. So I guess we kind of talked about this last pod too. You had mentioned that you thought he might be able to play right field. I don't think that he will. No, I think yeah. this kind of shows see that. Yeah, that, I, that they don't yeah, really they feel don't, as right, he's right. going to. Um, so yeah, initially my, my feeling was I don't really want to to mess with Boom while he's raking like this and he seems comfortable. But at the same time, they kind of need a spark and they need something to lift the team spirits. Maybe seeing Harper back in the field, even if it is at first instead of right field, kind of just does something for the morale of the team. I don't see why DH. Elsewhere. I don't see why DH wouldn't do that for the beginning part. Like I feel like the safer bet is to put him at DH first. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll, he'll be playing, like, at least half the games there. Mm-hmm. I think the main advantage this gives you is that, like, um, his presence. just being – I think there's some value in being able to rotate the DH around a little bit because, like, you're basically giving a guy, like, half a day off right. when you guys have to yeah. play in the field the whole game. So, like, there's, like, 
some value and like you know being able to preserve some guys you don't have to like you know sit them completely you can still have them bat so it's nice to be able to like you know maybe give schwarber a couple of days at dh you know castellanos a little bit at dh yeah. like whatever you however you need to rotate around it will give you a nice face value though, to be able to see Trey Turner, Schwarber, Harper take the field at the same time, even Cassiano. Yeah, I think you know, it, like, it that does be... a lot for the, the morale of the team and just the overall You're vibe right. and the energy because not to be a vibes guy or an energy guy, but the vibes last year on the World Series run were great. Huge. The vibes this year have not been so great. Who's missing? Harper, Hoskins. You get one of those guys back. Yeah. The vibes might be enough to carry them on a bit of a win streak. To uh, Right now they're six games out. Might carry them back into at least being a couple games out where they can contend for the the division again. True. Yeah. Um, so I had we have a, li- a few minutes here. So my one off topic idea here was: uh, have, you, have you guys followed this Harlan Crow, Clarence Thomas I've read some story? Of the you know stuff what I'm talking about? about? So this was like a thing. Uh, it was apparently so. Clar- <clears throat> Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, I guess it's been revealed that. He's been sort of gifted these like lavish vacations and hanging out on this super yacht of this Texas billionaire named Harlan Crow, who like no one's ever heard of before. Um, and I guess uh, he had bought some real estate from Clarence Thomas that wasn't disclosed. And Clarence Thomas's mother has been like living in one of his properties rent free and all this kind of shit. Clarence Thomas's mom is still alive, I guess, or maybe she She's, was. I, I don't think know. he looks older than he really is, though. Yeah, She's like got to be older, yeah, or older than old dirt, shit. yo. How <laughs> old is? Let's, but like, look, go on. I'm gonna look yeah, it up. Yeah, but I mean, like, look, we're not. This isn't a fucking NPR. We're not gonna sit here and talk about judicial ethics or any of that kind of stuff. But the real story is that there's been more stories about this Harlan Crow character and. Uh, so in his house, he has this like crazy uh, like art collection and all these an- crazy like mm. antiques and stuff, which contains uh, a, a great deal of um, uh, Nazi memorabilia. <laughs> like Damn, he, has, man. He, has, he has like a signed copy of Mein Kampf. Jesus he has a bunch of like Christ. Hit- yeah, he has like a bunch of Hitler's paintings. He's got like linens and shit that are have Good like the Nazi insignias on it. And so, and so, obviously, people are like, some are like, hey, that's that's kind of weird, kind of so, weird. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because he's got like other shit like mixed in. So he's got like uh, he has like Norman Rockwell paintings, and then just like a Hitler next to it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I guess I, what I'm curious about what do you guys think about like the because what people what people will say is like, well, he's just a collector, you know, he just likes to collect these sort of historical things. He's got all kinds of historical documents <laughs> in his house and all this kind of stuff. Like where do you, where do you draw the line on having a you know like unsavory historical artifacts I mean, I think displayed that, in a home? I think that kind of fucking sets the bar. I feel like Nazi shit is one of, if not the main thing of like a no go type of deal. He probably has that shirt right next to his like clan hood too. Yeah, I was gonna to, like, say he's got, that, there, that motherfucker's yeah. got some Confederate yeah. flags yeah. flying around yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, it's historical, you know. Like, well, here's well, here's. What I want I want to know like is he like giving Clarence a tour of his house? Like, is this guy just coming in there like, hmm, interesting? Like, what is what is his take on that? Uh, he's getting he's getting a nice vacation on his super that yacht. Shit's he probably fun- give a shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hell no. He's getting free real estate or whatever. But here's the thing: is like, okay, so what if, like, say you you got like a, say say you you came across some um, like uh, some some of like Genghis Khan's silverware hmm. or something like that, well, or maybe some of Alexander the Great, like these guys who have certainly stolen all kinds artifacts. of 
well, these guys have certainly like butchered and murdered tons of people and and uh, done all kinds of horrific things. But you wouldn't think about it the same way. Yeah, no one knows about that. Well, stuff. I feel like ancient well, history sa- is right. A lot so I'm less... saying, like, what's the cutoff? Like, how long ago does it need to be? For I think it to the be cutoff like, is like I got a cool spoon from Genghis Khan to like I got Hitler's golf clubs. Well. <laughs> Like where's the how like how I feel like what, because what year in the future do you think if we, any is there a year in right. the future where it might become like appropriate to have like Hitler's forks when we become ancient history maybe that I mean I'm not this listen I don't know I'm just saying like yeah Alexander the Great Genghis Khan most people don't know shit about like their day to day lives and all that shit but like also back then like everybody was killing everybody back then this guy was like modern day. Killing everybody. Yeah, in I a think way that's worse the thing. Because if you look like you know, we had pretty much level set with like people right, were, we're still not, wearing like suits and stuff. We're like we're not going to kill each other anymore. We're good to go. We can have a civilized you know world. And he just fucked that shit up. We're like Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great. We're still in like that domination phase where they own half the world. So like obviously they did some bad shit. Yeah, but also I feel like owning thing. Genghis Khan's spoon is different than like owning. Mine, a sign copy. Mine, copy. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. Here's, well, okay. Let's let, let me throw it to you another way. Like, what also, is, Hitler was a bitch ass artist too. He didn't even yeah, graduate it's not good, school. It's, it's not good art. Yeah, it's not good art. But like, what if? Okay, so let's say let's say it's not just like display purposes. What if we're talking about like practical items, like something you could really because you know how, like you know how, like you know back in the day when they made stuff, it was like built to last. It's really fucking nice. It's really good. <laughs> it's made well out of made. iron or something. Yeah, shit. there's no yeah. there's no computer chips in there. It's all mechanical. It's not made out of plastic. Exactly, man. Like so let's say, let's so let's say you're uh, you know, I don't know you're at the you're at like the Berlin Mart, like some of those flea markets you were talking about last week, and you're um, I don't know. Let's say you're in the market for like. A nice silverware set. Yeah, or like, like or just something like some though. kind of machine. Like, like maybe you maybe you want one of those old school like push mowers. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like, with a little. Yeah, yeah, it was like really sturdy, and like, the, and this guy's got one, and, it's, and he's like, this thing's been, this thing's like 80 years old. It's it's the best push mower I've ever seen. It works like a charm. Great, I'm gonna give true, it to you. I'm gonna great. give it to you for a cool 10 bucks. But there's one catch. True German craftsmanship. It used to be be owned by the Fuhrer himself, Adolf Hitler. (laughs) Like, would you still? I have to pass. Would you still be interested in that mower? I feel like I'd have to. Also, but ten bucks is kind of a steal. But that's what I'm saying. Ten for ten bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it's like now, if you bought that shit though and sold that to that billionaire, now if you bought that shit for ten bucks, you could turn around and flip it into a knot. You know, I mean, but I don't know, but you're, then you're profiting. Do you off feel of, is that a guilty feeling? Uh, though? Do you feel bad? Are you? Eh. Well, that's not support. That's not supportive of anything. That's you're not just, supporting. I'm just making. I'm just making some coin. My man, everybody's got to get that bag. Listen, if that guy's selling for ten bucks, just hear me out now. I'm not saying this is what I'm. What I would do. I'm just. This is all hypotheticals here in a few in a world that we don't. This is gonna ever happen to us. You buy this thing for ten bucks. You could flip that shit to this psycho ass billionaire that loves to collect weird Nazi shit. I guess, but then do you get in trouble though for selling that? Sh- like, how do you get connected yeah, man, with that guy? No ethical trouble. consumption in a capitalist society. I'm just doing what I got to do for me, myself, and I. That's what I'm talking about. Then, that's all right. Then that's okay. But if you take that and then collect, it, I feel like that's different. If you don't get any, can you mow your lawn with it? Well, if you mow your lawn and keep the hand up a little bit, that would be a little weird. But if you just, you know, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of shit. If you were to buy, if you ever. If you ever were to buy that shit, it'd be for flipping purposes only. You would yeah. never. You can't be holding on to that yeah, shit. Yeah, like your house. the mower, and like your 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 neighbor comes over. It's like, ah, oh, that's a nice mower you got there. And it's like, oh, I noticed there's this little engraving on here. Oh, what is this? Like, you what does this A H stand yeah. for? <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Ah, Sans, Sans were always yeah. happy. I'm always happy because my lawn's <laughs> always short and cut and nice. <laughs> Damn. I didn't know that tippet, though, about that guy. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. He's got all kinds of wacky dude. shit. Dude. And I looked it up for that's what it's wacky. worth. That's not wacky. That shit's wacky. That's like... That's <laughs> like, like, He's like, just a wacky guy. Right. Yo, this Clarence Thomas shit, he's 74. His mom's 85. That she ain't bad. She gave birth when she was 11? What the fuck? Damn. That's some, really? That's some greasy southern shit. She's yeah. apparently still alive. Ew. Yeah, because I saw that's that too. And I was, I was kind of surprised that she was still alive too. It's like, damn. Ew, 11? Yeah, she gave birth when she was 11. That's fucked. And but, he's a Supreme Court justice? I mean, I mean, what a great turnaround, though. I'll tell you what. Pregnant yeah, at 11, and you grew the, up, and that was your kid. Grew up to that's, be, yeah, that's the, that's the American dream that's right kinda, now. Your and now his best friend is a old, weird Nazi kind of guy. And now you're hanging out on the, the super yacht by a, just, owned by a, a Nazi memorabilia collector. Just being a piece of shit, that's, awful person. That shit's that's, fucked uh, up. Rag, a real rags to riches story. Man, of course he would fucking like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wacky shit is like this little metal shrimp over here. That's wacky. If someone collected this shit, I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Nazi memorabilia in someone's basement. My man's got issues. Yeah. My man is 100%. Uh-uh. He ain't. Mm-mm. Goo. Yeah, no but the good. lawnmower, that, you know, TBD. That's, that's a table, uh, that one. That's I don't know. a real uh, dilemma. Real ethical dilemma. No ethical consumption in capitalist society. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that'll just about do it for us here. Um, if you're listening at home, please do us a favor and subscribe, like, leave us a review, do all that good stuff, help us out with the algorithm. Um, so, yep, I think that'll just about do it. Uh, from all of us here, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Peace. See y'all.